Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where we bring Sunday home. Join us as we dive deeper into First Baptist's weekly sermons, discuss practical applications, and answer your questions. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast. I'm Jordan Upton, and with me as always is Pastor Jeff Reynolds. Jeff, how are you and where are you? I am an incredible right now, and I am coming to you from the city of Tiberias. And uh, you and I are meeting by way of Zoom, and right behind me out of my hotel window is the Sea of Tiberias, or the Sea of Galilee, or the Lake of Gennesaret, um, all the same body of water. And uh, it is surreal to be here and to be in the place where so many of these Bible stories happened. Um, this is the cradle of civilization, and it is it is an amazing experience to be here. So I'm doing really well, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm I'm excited, and my spirits are lifted just looking at your hotel room window in the background of your Zoom shot. So it's gonna be <laughs> I mean, a great it's day. Crazy. It, it's just it's it's so beautiful, and the weather couldn't be better. It's not raining on us or anything like that. It's uh, you know in the in the 70s and. Uh, it's just wonderful. So we're we're having a big time. Well, so you're in the land of Israel. This is a perfect time to sync up on our prayer partners initiative and just it, connect it for the week. Yeah. So uh, listeners, you pick a partner, you pray daily for them, and you connect weekly with them. Jeff and I are going to connect for this week right now. So Jeff, in one word, if you can pick one word, how are you? Overwhelmed uh, in the best way possible. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about some of the things we've done just over the last couple of days. Um, and, and we're very early in our trip and we've still got a long way to go, but, um, overwhelmed at God's faithfulness. And, uh, I've kind of, I've kind of been marveling at God's faithfulness for the last several months now, even more so than normal. And to be in a place where God has made his presence known for millennia, I mean, literally we are going tomorrow to see a gate that Abraham passed through, and that's that's four thousand years old. And so we're gonna we're gonna see evidence of God's faithfulness in the life of a human being four millennia ago. And so that is is remarkably overwhelming to see things that are two thousand years old, and to see ruins and uh, artifacts and things of that nature. It's just phenomenal. Um, but the the thing that's really been overwhelming is that the same God who met people here uh, meets each of us right where we are and uh, does great work uh, on the inside of us that spills over to the outside and changes us. So uh, I'll be honest, we just finished and just got back to the hotel from the baptism service. And I just baptized a bunch of people in the Jordan River. And I don't have words for um, how amazing that was. So how are you, man? Yeah, I'm gonna say hungry. I uh, and not not just because I skipped breakfast, but uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> because I I'm just have found a couple things over the past week that have been really interesting to me and have sparked more curiosity into different aspects of the Bible. Uh, one one thing yeah. I'm I'm always interested with uh, John one and the logos theology and trying to get at what. John is say, saying even within just the first chapter of his gospel. Um, so yeah. just little things like that just pop up and make me more curious to learn even more and dig even more. So I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, Jeff. 
Well, man, I'm going to tell you, and I know this is this is a dream and a goal of yours, but we got to get you over here oh, because man. you would be geeking out. Like, so our our guide is a guy named Zeev, and he worked. His first career was with the Israeli government, and he hasn't really gone into a ton of detail about what he did with the Israeli government, but uh, he he got into guiding tours as a hobby, and then he retired, and um, so this is what he does now, and he is a fountain of knowledge and you would um oh you would be eating this up so we gotta you know we're gonna do this again and uh lord willing i'd love to see you over here at some point in time uh because i know that it would be such an amazing experience for you given your given your base of knowledge and uh so the hunger would only grow i will tell you this um there's no way you can absorb it all i mean no. there's no way you can i mean it's so rich so that's a great thing to be hungry, hungry to grow, hungry to know, and, and hungry to, uh, to to embrace all that God has for you. That's really beautiful. Yeah. So, Jeff, what is God teaching you right now? Oh, so much, uh, so much. Uh, again, just repeatedly, God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. And I'll tell you, not only in seeing the um, the sights and and looking back at the history and just having these, these spiritual moments, but in watching members of our group. And uh, so we were in the, in the Atlanta airport in a layover and eating lunch. And, you know, I'm sitting here with a group of people who didn't know each other, but found that they all had a, a very deep commonality that they instantly bonded. And they're each telling their stories. And I'm just sitting as, as God knits their hearts together. And, um, it was just such a beautiful thing to see. And so it's, it's continued on this trip and, and that's been a wonderful thing. You know, having been a pastor for 20 years now, I've led all sorts of trips with all sorts of groups and uh, you know, they can, they can go South, but by and large, often what happens is people become knit together at the level of the soul and bond in ways that uh, are so beautiful. So um, that's what God's teaching me. He's faithful. And, and again, being here in this setting, but also um, watching people who came from different places who didn't know each other at all, or hate, who maybe even came from the same place and didn't know each other at all, seeing their stories intersect has just been so powerful. So what's God teaching you right now, Jordan? Yeah, he's teaching me to take one little step at a time and accomplish what I can accomplish toward greater goals. So I'm working on several projects at work, but it just seems like every step I take, I'm, you know, encountering resistance with uh, like third parties or with, um, you know, just just software, just little things that like would frustrate me and feel like, well, man, what's going on? But if I can just take that that small step forward, you know, like, OK, we'll just do this. Well, you can send an email with this. You can make this request. If I'm faithful in those little things, then I'll get much closer toward accomplishing the bigger goals. And I don't have to take off the whole thing and be successful in one afternoon. So long as I'm doing the steps that get to the broader goal, it'll come about one way or another. What a great lesson. What a great lesson. I think you and I are both achievement oriented uh, to a degree. We both had the honor. You were valedictorian of your graduating class. I was co-valedictorian in my graduating class. And so you and I both know what it is to push to achieve. And uh, I think that 
people like us uh, need to be reminded that there's joy in the process and accomplishing a little bit along the way is is accomplishing a greater goal. So that's a great, great lesson, man. Yeah. And that's a great word from you. I, I, I received that and need to act upon that. <laughs> so me too. So how can I pray for you? Well, pray for our safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and just pray that this would continue to be a spiritual experience that, uh, that is not sightseeing. Sightseeing is a big deal. Seeing some of these places is, is phenomenal. But, you know, my prayer for our group is that this would be an opportunity for us to grow closer to Jesus than we've ever been and to continue to be transformed to become more like Jesus than ever before. So that when we return from this trip, that uh, we come with a fire in our bellies to live out our faith uh, more faithfully than we have in the past. And so, um, you know, there's <laughs> there is some frustration in that some of these holy sites have have kind of been turned a little bit uh you know there's souvenir shops everywhere and things of that nature and so um that that kind of if we'll allow it that can cheapen it a little bit to a degree but if we're here not to not to just see a sight but to experience the savior then i think that uh we'll have accomplished what we came for so um just those things that uh that we would be safe and that we would have a truly spiritual experience so what about you? How can I pray for you? Yeah. So we, we've we gotten past Easter. We've gotten past uh, Passover. We're getting past a lot of the mile markers that were before having a second child. But now that they're past, I'm like, oh, snap. I've got like two months until I have a second child. So just, uh, just praying for myself and Taylor as we uh, uh, prepare for having a second baby and just being ready for that big change in our lives. Yeah. And it's a change. I mean, there's no doubt. But uh, God has made you a wonderful team, and I'm sure you guys will do great. Thank you. So, listeners, uh, we had our Sunday service this week without a sermon. We had a full liturgical service, and it was beautiful. We had musicians from all across the church performing uh, just various beautiful songs. We had um, the youth singing. There were instrumentalists in the orchestra who were performing and several solos and duets. And it, if you can go back and watch the live stream for Sunday the 23rd, I highly recommend it. Um, we also had a beautiful testimony from Tanya about her uh, overcoming cancer and how she saw Jesus in all of her struggles, but she saw Jesus in all of the people who helped her. My wife and I were in tears. It, it was a really beautiful service. If you have a chance, go back and listen to it uh, and, and watch it. But Jeff, we want to hear from you in the Holy Land. So you've already told me a little bit of what you've done on on this, your first day there. But what, why don't you give us a summary of what what you've done so far? So we've done a lot. We have done so much that I'm going to have trouble kind of remembering. Uh, so we've been here two days now. Ah. And actually, we arrived three days ago and kind of we were waiting on the other part of the group. So um, really, uh, yesterday, we started out with Caesarea Maritima. And we went to see that great um, port that Harry the Great built. And I got to got to preach in their amphitheater there. And it was just unbelievable because Caesarea was the home of the first Gentile convert where Cornelius came to know the Lord. Um, and what's so cool, we were in Tel Aviv, which Tel Aviv grew up off of Joppa, which is now called Jaffa or Yafo. And so Jaffa was 3.5 miles away from our hotel, and we tried to go down there, but we didn't have time to walk 
back there and back, which would have been seven miles and really experience it. So we tried to get a, a cab to take us. And because it was Shabbat, there is a line in the city that the, the cab drivers can't pass. And so they wouldn't take us to Joppa. So we didn't get to go. But as I was in Caesarea talking to our group there in that amphitheater, um, I got to tell the story of how Peter was at one house of the house of one Simon the Tanner, and that house is still there in Joppa. And uh, God gave Peter the vision of the unclean animals coming down on the sheep, and God saying, "Arise, Peter, kill and eat." And Peter said, "By no means, Lord. I've never done anything. You know, I've never eaten anything unclean." And and so you just think, how many times have we said, "No, Lord. Uh, you know, are you crazy?" Um, <laughs> but God was teaching Peter a lesson. He said, don't call anything unclean that I've made clean. And at the same time, Cornelius was having a vision and uh, was, was urged by God to call for Peter. And so Peter came and shared the gospel and Cornelius and his household believed. And it's just beautiful. So that happened at Caesarea Maritima. But then also, um, we talked about how Paul was imprisoned there for two years as he waited um, he, he was requesting to speak to Caesar uh, because he had been mistreated and he was a Roman citizen. Um, so they just kind of left him there in Caesarea and there he gave his testimony. So I got to read his testimony from Acts chapter 26, which was a testimony not of his innocence, but rather of his faith in Jesus Christ. So much so that, that the people to whom he was speaking said, would you try to convert me? And he said, I, yes, I want everybody. Uh, to to become Christians and to trust and follow Jesus. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing there. But so we left Caesarea and we went to Mount Carmel. Now, I've always pronounced it Mount Carmel, but that's not how it's pronounced, Mount Carmel. And I will tell you, we know that's the site from 1 Kings 18 where Elijah stood against the evil King Ahab and Jezebel and against the 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah, and he called down fire from heaven. I'll tell you, when we were when we were pulling up, uh, onto Mount Carmel. Never in my 42 years have I pictured Mount Carmel being lush with forestation and greenery, hmm. but it is. It is absolutely gorgeous, and there are trees everywhere. And so I don't know why I had it in my mind that it was some desert mountain that looked like something out of a, the wilderness, out of the Rocky Mountains, but that's not it at all. And uh, so we got to go up there. I got to read First Kings 18, uh, and tell the story of Elijah in the place where it happened. And that was just unbelievable. And uh, then we went to Megiddo, which is the site of Armageddon, where in Romans 16, or, I'm sorry, not Romans 16, Revelation 16, God tells us that that is where are the, all the armies of the world will gather for battle. And when you're, when you're there on that tell, Megiddo is a tell. It's, 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 it's a hill, but it's an artificially created hill by several cities that have been established atop one another mm. over the years. And, and I think there's more than 20 sets of ruins that they found as they've gone down deeper and deeper. Um, but the word Armageddon is actually from the Hebrew Har-Megiddo. So Har-Megiddo, Armageddon. And so, um, but, but you look out and you're looking out over the Jezreel Valley and you're looking out over this vast plain below this elevated area. And and you can just picture all these vast armies coming and gathering for battle against against Israel and against God. And, uh, and you're reminded that God's going to win and he's going to win decidedly and without a struggle. And so thankful for that. 
after that, we went to Nazareth and we went to Jesus's hometown and we went to the, the, the church uh, of the Annunciation, which they have what is believed to be Mary's childhood home. And the Catholic Church has built up a basilica around it and uh, beautiful. Just it's it's kind of overwhelming that this was the place that, that, that according to uh, tradition, this is where the angel came and told Mary that she would become great with child and that she would um, be the mother of our Lord. And then attached to that, just just down from that is the Church of St. Joseph, which is, is much smaller as, as it should be. You know, we dads understand that. Um, it's much less ornate, but it honors Joseph and his willingness to, to be Jesus's earthly father and teach him how to be a tecton, uh, which is the word in Greek that we translate to be carpenter. Um, but really it means carpenter, stonemason, craftsman. And so there was, Nazareth was a pretty neat place. Then we stopped by Cana, but because it was Sunday, the church that is, erected over the site where Jesus turned the water into wine at the, the, the wedding in Cana, uh, but the church was closed, so we didn't get to go inside. Uh, but it was beautiful. Cana is a beautiful little town. Uh, and then we came on up to Tiberias, and I'll tell you, seeing the Sea of Galilee for the first time was such a moving experience. And uh, last night, I, I got to go out and walk a little bit and go down to an area where they've got a festival. I'll tell you what's weird. You know, I picture the Sea of Galilee and it's it's always you know this holy site and this rustic site. And I mean, it's it's a lake. I mean, there are people riding jet skis on it. There are people <laughs> riding paddle boards, kayaking. Um, there's a carnival area set up here in Tiberias. Just down from that, there's this gargantuan like water playground with all these huge inflatable things. Like you know, um, anybody who's been to church camp might remember the the big iceberg that they had in the middle of, uh, of the lake of the camp where you went. Well, they've got those things. Yeah. And um, so, so it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. And you see, you see a lot of cultures coming together. So obviously there's, there's an Islamic presence here. And obviously there's a Jewish presence here. Um, the Hasidim, the, 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 a bunch of them are kids, you know, and I say kids, they're probably, teenagers or uh, uh, young adults and they've got the hats on and the they're, they've got the beards grown and and they're they're i don't know what you call those the pay out the, there yeah, you go pay out they're, the they're growing those out yeah yeah the side locks they're growing those out so it's just very interesting um today today to use a word that my son and daughter would understand has me shook <laughs> because we started out by going out to the Sea of Galilee and we got on a boat. Well, first, before we got in a boat, we went to the museum and we saw the boat that they found, the 2,000-year-old fishing boat that they found in the Sea of Galilee when the water receded due to a drought. And yeah. they, come, they came upon this and literally the boat is there. And you watch a movie about the painstaking way they got it out. But you can see a boat that somebody in the time of Jesus was on, perhaps even Jesus himself. But it's, it's just phenomenal to see that and the way they've preserved it. But then we ourselves got on a boat and we went out onto the Sea of Galilee and um, we got out to a, to a still place and stopped. And we had a worship service. And, you know, the 40, 42 of us singing a cappella, Amazing Grace. And then I got to share the story of Jesus walking on the water and welcoming Peter out. And, um, and then we sang 
uh, how great thou art. And it was just such a beautiful and moving experience. Like if that had been all we did today, I, it was enough. I, I was, I was done. Um, but you know, to be on that water, to be in that sacred space on that boat where so many things, God is really, really intelligent. And he understands meteorology, understands um, topography, and he understands the winds and all those sorts of things. And so he's telling us about all of that. Um, it was just so moving. So we get done, we come out, we go to the little gift shop. You know, I picked up a couple of gifts for the kids. And um, we get back on the bus and I'm like, whew, what a day. And I mean, it's just the first thing we've done. So then after that, we go to the Mount of Beatitudes. And so this is a site where some believe that Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. And they have built, they have built a, a church there. And so we got to go. And I got to literally read the Sermon on the Mount, on the Mount. And all the people were seated. There was a little, little concrete pulpit there, maybe marble, uh, there outside of the of the church and you're looking down to the the sea of galilee and it is just so moving but you're you know as i read that message one of the things it talks about is as jesus says don't worry about yourself because god's got your needs taken care of and 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 specifically he talks about consider the lilies of the valley they don't toil but god clothes them consider the birds of the air they do not toil but god feeds them and as i'm reading this the birds are chirping in this beautiful place. And you can just picture as people sit down to listen to Jesus in this paradigm shifting teaching, the birds chirping as he's saying, you know, God's going to take care of you. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You don't have to worry about all these things. So um, that was really powerful. Then we left the Mount of Beatitudes and we went to Capernaum. And we got to see what is believed to be Simon Peter's mother-in-law's house. And the Catholic Church has built a, um, a church around it where you can look down into it. That's <laughs> just unbelievable. Um, this, is where, this is where the guys uh, took their paralyzed friend up to the roof and lowered him down. This is where Jesus raised um, Peter's mother-in-law from her sickness, and we're looking at it. We're looking at the ruins of Capernaum. We went to the synagogue of Capernaum, and, and this is where Jesus cast a demon out as he was teaching. And um, then after that, we went to um, the the um, oh the the church of the fishes and the loaves, which is believed to be the site where Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes, and, and just got to see a fifth century baptistry. And I'm not talking about a sprinkling baptistry. I'm talking about a carved out of limestone four person baptistry. Uh, and so I definitely took a picture of that. Uh, and, and so that was really cool. Um, phenomenal. Um, and then we went to the Jordan River, to the baptism site. And about half of our group wanted to reaffirm their baptisms there in the Jordan River. So I got to baptize a lot of people in the, in the River Jordan. And that's so surreal to me. Again, before I came, and I, we talked about this. For some reason, the bodies of water were the things that were really so exciting to me. You think about all the things that have happened in and around the Sea of Galilee, all of the things that have happened in and around the Jordan River. You know, I got to talk about... Joshua leading God's people across the Jordan and, and God supernaturally intervening 
to stop the water when the Jordan was at flood stage. Because I'm going to tell you, the Jordan River is tiny. I mean, Barren River is bigger. Green River is bigger. It's tiny. But when it's at flood stage, it's gargantuan and it's got a, a crazy current. Well, that's when God stopped it for his people to pass through into the promised land. Um, and in the same way, God supernaturally intervened in our lives by sending his son, by giving us his grace so that we could repent of sin and receive Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. And that's what we celebrated as those, those folks reaffirmed their faith in Jesus Christ in the very waters in which Jesus was baptized. And so that was, that was beyond surreal. I mean, today... Um, today has been so emotional. Um, one of one of the one of the men on our trip, and I listen. I'm the second youngest person on the trip. Okay, so one of the men in our trip grabbed me and he said, "I've never cried so much on a trip in my life." But they're all good tears. Yeah, and um, it's just God has been so faithful in showing up. So tomorrow we're going to tell Dan. That's that's uh, where we're starting out, we're going to see Abraham's gate, which is a 4,000 year old gate, uh, through which Abraham passed. And, uh, I, I cannot fathom what it's going to be like to look at a gate through which father Abraham passed. And so we're going to Dan, uh, and then, uh, then we're going to Caesarea Philippi. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited about going <laughs> to Caesarea Philippi where, where, where Peter confessed in a city that was so well known for the worship of multiple gods, Peter confessed that Jesus was a Christ, the son of the living God. And frankly, that's what I asked our folks to confess. You know, I, I talked about the five baptism questions I normally ask, but I said, you know, in this reaffirmation, instead of asking those five questions, I'm going to ask you two questions. Number one, do you confess that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God? And I said, yes. And then the second question to this is, have you repented of your sin and personally received Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior? And they said, yes. And it was just, it was just so moving because I got to baptize them and then got to pray over them individually. And, and, and it wasn't a mic'd event. Um, certainly there were people there watching um, and supporting them. But, but really, the, the dialogue was for the person being baptized. And it was just so intimate and just so special. And... Um, yeah, so those are the things I've seen so far, and, and, and we're two days in. So wow. um, it's, it's been really, really spectacular. I would say this, if the Lord gives you, listener, an opportunity to come, come. Uh, because as we would expect, um, seeing these places and just being in this space really makes it come to life in a way that... You know, you just can't, you just can't get from reading. I would, I would, I would use the analogy of reading a book and then watching the movie. But watching the movie always is a disappointment if you've read the book. So it's not that because it. This is not a disappointment. It's it's an enrichment investment, and um, it really does. It 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 changes things when you see it up close and personal. Yeah, I've heard it compared to seeing a movie in black and white and then seeing it in color. It's like a, a, a qualitative difference once you actually go to the Holy Land and you see these sites for real and you're not just reading about them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. It's time for today's listener question. Listeners, if you have a question, just go to the show notes and click, click the link or comment on the post below. Jeff, what's your favorite movie 
or TV show about the Bible? What a great question, because I'm going to tell you, when I was a little kid, I had a thing for Jesus movies. And so for the longest time, my favorite was Jesus of Nazareth. And it was forever long. Like for those of you who are old enough to remember VHS tapes, it was one of those two tape movies where you had to you had to stop it at the end of the first and put it in to catch the second half. So um, I really always liked it. It, it, Jesus was a little creepy, though. I'm not going to lie. It kind of I don't know. It it had a weird feel. I'm going to say as far as movies go. The Passion of the Christ was a paradigm shift for me. Um, I can remember watching it when it first came out. I can remember sobbing uh, in the theater. Um, We had rented it out for a bunch of preachers. In fact, I'd just gone to work at Hillview Heights Church when it came out, and we were hosting a conference for the Kentucky Baptist Convention. And my first responsibility was rent out a theater for us to invite people to go do that. So I did. And um, yeah. Um, you know, Mel Gibson portrays a very Catholic depiction. I mean, he follows the stations of the cross. He tries to mimic some of the, of the, the art pieces that, uh, that are featured, um, in Catholicism. But, but I think what he does in showing us the, the brutality of it all, you know, I talked on this podcast a few weeks ago about seeing, um, the greatest story ever told mm-hmm. and how the crucifixion you know, Jesus had a little blood dribbling from his hands and his feet and, and a little bit on his forehead from the crown of thorns. But, um, you know, Mel Gibson really captured to a great degree. And, and he couldn't even capture it because Jesus would have been crucified nude. He would have been crucified without clothing on. So, so he couldn't even capture how horrible it really was. But, but he, he, he did a good job of depicting just the horror of the cross. Um, though, is that I love the chosen Mm -hmm. and, uh, that they do such a good job of, of bringing the stories to life. Now, as we've said, they use artistic license because there's just a lot of detail that's not included in scripture. And so they flesh some of the stories out. Um, but I'll be honest with you today, we drove by Migdal or Magdala, which is where Mary Magdalene was from. And when I'm picturing Mary Magdalene in my head, I'm picturing the Mary Magdalene from The Chosen. Um, I think that's okay. You know, this, just this humanizing, this historical figure of whom we do not have a photograph or any video or anything like that. Um, but I, I was picturing that actress because I think she does a good job of portraying Mary Magdalene, but also portraying just the struggles that Mary Magdalene faced and out of which Jesus delivered her. I mean, he cast seven demons out of her. So I am a big fan of the chosen and uh, very thankful that they are, they are doing that. I, I think as time passes, we will see more and more cinem- cinematographic. I don't know. <laughs> we will see more uh, cinema depictions of biblical stories. And I think that'll be helpful. Um, I've seen some that are really bad, yeah. some that are really bad. Others that have agendas to to push the envelope one way or the other to try to to try to change the story because it's such a powerful medium. You know, it's so much easier to get people to watch a movie than it is to get them to read a book. And so we're saying, read your Bible. I said, well, I'll watch the movie instead. Well, there's so much power that the director and the producer and the screenwriter have to to shift people's 
focus and their feelings about the most important message the world has ever known. So I think that uh, there's, there's great danger, but there's also great possibility. And I believe that God is raising up um, folks like Jordan, you and Elliot, who have the gifts to, to, to really function in that world. Um, and that's another way that we can share the gospel. It's another way that we can make the story of Jesus known. You know, you watch the Jesus film. And we've distributed the Jesus film to our neighborhoods around the church and around the city. And we've, we've done it three different times since in the last couple of years. And that's so powerful. How many people have been led to Christ by this film that just took the gospel of Luke and kind of goes through the life of Jesus. And so um, I think as technology continues to evolve and skills continue to increase and creativity continues to increase, um, the possibility for really having some impactful storytelling uh, by way of uh, video is really going to be powerful. Jeff, I completely agree. The Chosen is incredible. I I appreciate how focused they are on bringing out the Jewishness of the story. They they really do a good job with the details and you know uh, bringing or er, telling the story kind of through the cycle of the Jewish festivals and uh, all the little, little details that are in there that uh, just ground it within the reality of what was happening in the New Testament and what was going on in the, in the background as they were um, going, or going about and spreading the message. Um, I, but I, what I most appreciate about The Chosen is kind of what you alluded to. They, they take artistic license, but they write the episodes so well. They really want it to be high quality and of excellence. And, you know, the pr- the production value is stepping up, you know, with each season. It's getting bigger and bigger, and, you know, they're able to do more and more. But I appreciate that from episode one, it was written really well, and it was supposed to be excellence in storytelling. The characters are compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, the storylines are compelling. It's supposed to be really high-quality entertainment. And because of that, you can actually consider what message they're trying to get across. You know, it... Um, but my favorite Bible movie very definitely is the Ten Commandments. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, decades old at this point, but if if you can sit down and watch it, it's just so powerful. It's I appreciate that it it treats the source material so seriously. And, and at the very beginning, Cecil B. DeMille, the director, pops out and he's like, we were consulting all of these sources, Josephus and Philo and the Midrash, to make sure we tell the story accurately and, you know, present this universal message of freedom to the world well. And I, I just appreciate when, um, like you're saying, when we as Christians can present media that's excellent, that conveys what we're trying to convey to the world within the format really well. Um, I'm thankful for Elliot. I'm thankful for um, all the other Christian uh, uh, artists out there who are bringing these stories to life with excellence. And not just, you know, we all know some movies that... uh are not excellent, Noah. And yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's good when we can um, really work well within our medium and bring honor to God through our work. I agree. Jeff, can you pray us out for today? Yes, sir. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for your goodness. What a beautiful service this past Sunday, and we're so thankful for all the many gifts, talents, and abilities that you have brought to First Baptist Church and people's willingness to use them in the power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim your name. And then for Tanya, as she shared her testimony of how you have led her 
through an excruciating journey. But Lord, you brought her out on the other side and you have used your people to be your hands and feet. Just how beautiful is the body of Christ. And so, Lord, we're thankful. We're thankful, Lord, for the opportunity for those of us who are in the Holy Land to be here. And we look forward to others coming um, in days to come. But, Lord, we pray for all of us that we would pursue you with all of our being, that we would fix our eyes on Jesus and run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And, Lord, that we would honor you by the way that we live our lives. We pray that your light would shine through us in a way that glorifies you and calls others to come trust and follow Jesus. So, Lord, we pray that you would continue to move in our church. And just as we celebrated baptism today, just as we celebrated baptism a week ago this past Sunday and several Sundays uh, in a row, Lord, we pray that we would soon be back in the baptistry with new believers who are professing their faith in Jesus Christ and giving an example to all of us, yet again, that there is blessing in trusting and following Jesus. So we ask your blessing as we go from this place, that we might be a blessing to others and glorify you in all that we are and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our channel. To submit a question about Sunday's sermon, the Bible, or walking with Jesus, click the link in the episode description. Our hosts today are Pastor Jeff Reynolds and myself, Jordan Upton. Our engineer is Elliot Beckley, and our editor is Chad Walden.